Welcome back to the Winging Podcast, how to build, maintain and totally own a career that you love. I'm Lucy Hitchcock and I want to help business owners and career women learn something new and build a life that they love through creating a meaningful and fulfilling career. What should I be posting on social media? This week on the podcast, I wanted to do an episode surrounding this question, which is something I'm asked a lot. You know already that you need to post on social media to promote your business, but perhaps when it comes to generating ideas for content or actually pressing the post button, crippling fear becomes you. If this sounds like you, then this episode is for you. And anyone else who wants to pick up some handy social media tips, you can implement fairly easily. If you're listening to this on your phone, make sure you get the best experience by downloading the Entail app. Entel is an interactive podcast platform that combines the best of audio storytelling with the richness of the web. So this means you'll be able to follow links, view images, follow people on social and much more by just tapping your phone. Last thing before we get to the good stuff, I have decided to create even more work for myself and you can now follow at the winging it podcast on Instagram. That's right. We have our very own channel where you can keep up to date with the winging it podcast but I will mainly be posting business-related memes, including my favourite one about pyramid schemes. So go give it a follow. In your own words, who are you and what do you do? Imagine if I just said something completely untrue. (laughs) Go for it. You just have to go along with it. Off the cuff. Because you said, who are you in your own words? Yeah, in my own words. My definition. I'm Alice and I'm an (laughs) ex-convict. Confession time. (laughs) Exclusive on Sassy Digital. Um, you heard it here first. I'm Alice Benham, and in my own words, I am a digital marketing coach, which sounds a bit wanky, but basically means that I help business owners, entrepreneurs, creators uh, show up online more effectively and more sustainably. And I do one-on-one coaching, I host retreats, I do group coaching, and I create a lot of content. That's How me. many times have you said that? That intro. <laughs> I'd change it up maybe one word each time, but more times than I'd like to admit. I know. Don't you have that this feel when people are like, I don't know, you just meet people and they're like, oh, so, so-and-so says you run your own business. What do you do? Yeah. And if it's someone that doesn't really get the business world, I'm like, yeah, so I help business owners with their social media websites and all of that good stuff. That's why I always say if it's like a taxi driver or a friend of a friend. I do have a spiel, but sometimes my head like goes blank and I'm like, what do I do again? What do I do? Existential crisis moment. Literally. Happening. I'm having it now. If you ask me what the top bit of my website says, I'd just be like, I don't know. Just something about websites. You'd be like, sorry, what? <laughs> have a job? Okay, so Alice. Yeah. The accidental entrepreneur. Hey, she's read my about page. I did actually. I went through your website with a fine tooth comb yesterday. Please don't. It's got a lot of things wrong with it. I mean, I didn't make a list, but I've got some pointers for you. <laughs> We'll chat later. While we'll we're being later. honest. Um, no, I don't. I'm joking. A little bit. <laughs> I'm all is. I'm all is. Okay. Career. Yeah. Let's talk about it from the beginning. I want the very first job that you had. Yeah. We're never... talking like the shit job. So for example, I worked in River Island for like a week. Classic millennial was like, I don't need this. See you later. Mm-hmm. My first ever job, which I've actually never talked about before. And I feel like I could really make like a good story arc out of this. Um, was actually technically my own little business. So I was about 15 and I worked for a woman who I knew through my parents painting furniture. 
Do you know how like shabby chic furniture? Yeah. It's a thing now, but like it was a big thing. Yeah. A while back. Um, painting furniture white and then sanding some of that off and then selling it for double the price. So she taught me how to do that and then she stopped her business. So she gave all of her equipment and stuff to me and I kind of took it over. Why did so, she stop? Just didn't fancy it anymore? Um, yeah, I think she kind of just did it to keep herself busy. entertained and busy and didn't want to do it anymore. So she handed on the furniture painting to someone else because I was just a little 15-year-old. I, I was, probably wasn't actually that good. Um, but part of the business was making these wooden signs with like quotes and words on them. So it'd be like a wooden plaque painted like white or grey. Oh and it would have like believe or you got this or something on it. Um, and I took that on and I sold them through Facebook. Why are you not using this as a story? And at conferences and events. I don't know. I've got pictures of it too. Oh my gosh, I need you to see You can put this. them on the... Yeah, yeah, send them to me so I can put them on Intel. Yeah. Um, so that was like my first ever paid anything. So you're not an accidental entrepreneur. You had it from the beginning, <laughs> honey. I just kind of hate those stories though. So I just, I'm not, not yet ready to use that as part of the marketing. But oh, well, one day. Whip it out when it feels right. Uh, and then the only proper job I've had was between that and this business, which also just sounds completely made up, which was as, first of all, an elf and then the organizer of A Christmas Grotto. So I was six, I must have been 15, so I think I kind of did the two alongside each other with the other work. Um, and I went for a job at a local garden center as an elf. And I was like, cool, I wanna make some money. I wanna be independent, I'm bored of school. There are worse ways Let's to make this. money. I know, it was lit. And within about two weeks, me being the cocky 15 year old I am, I was like, this place could be run better. I was like, it's not very organized. I'm not loving it. Like when I say Christmas Grotto, it wasn't a shed with a Father Christmas in it. It was like a experience. Why am I picturing elf vibes with you stuck in a shopping center over midnight chopping up? Uh, you joke. Snowflakes out of paper. That was my life for about four years. So I basically on week one, I can't believe it, went to the manager and was like, who's called Phil? Best, like only manager I've ever had, best man I've ever, ever worked with or for. Like he's taught me so much. I was like, Phil, I'm not happy with this. I'm not enjoying this because I didn't like the woman that was supervising us. So what should we do? And then within that, I basically came, became like his assistant over that Christmas period. Oh and then that next year, he invited me back to event manage it. And then over the kind of three years after that, so like 16 to 19, um, I built it up, had it start making profit, had budgets of like 150 grand. It was pretty cool. So I was like in school and then I would just- 150 grand for a Christmas grotto? Well, that's what I mean. It wasn't just like, it was weird, real reindeer. There's like six Father Christmases working at once. Like it was was an establishment. Um, So I took that on and did that whilst I was at school and then continued to do that- at Christmas for two years when my business was starting out. Okay, so you finished school. Yeah. So Didn't well, go to uni. It first year of A-levels. Yeah. I had kind of had this taste of work. So I'd obviously been like given crazy amounts of responsibility for a 17-year-old and really loved it. Like I was managing, I had like 50 elves. So I got to like hire and manage. Going to quote you on that. All these I had 50 elves. I know. I've already got my book title. It's Elf to CEO. <laughs> So I need to start talking about the elf thing more, you know, get people familiar. Um, so yeah, I kind of had this taste of, I guess, like the real world. And I was just done with school, man. Like I was a good student, great grades, like such a nerd, but I was just bored of just learning things to repeat it in an exam. So I was so, so ready to leave. And I was in, 
a hotel breakfast and I met a guy who worked for a charity and I mentioned to him that I wanted to work in events because that's what I'd been working in. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, he got in touch with me and I guess, I don't know, I think I came across all right. He offered me a part-time role in his charity doing events management. And I was like, yeah, cool. Makes sense to leave my A-levels for this one day a week job. Fantastic. So I took that and then it turned out that A, working for him meant being a consultant. So you were technically self-employed okay um and b the events job wasn't ready yet so they needed me to do their social media one day a week in the interim so i left my a-levels just before my as exams so i don't have a-levels okay not proud of that fact but life goes on well um don't need does anyone really put it on their cv anymore no i actually don't care if anyone has a-levels or a degree as long as they're like willing to learn and Mm -hmm. have an interest in what you're doing yeah no one's asked me so doing all right so far um, and then, yeah, said yes. Imagine to that. your clients going. Um, actually, Alice, uh, <laughs> um, just a little bit ready to take the plunge, but I just had to ask you, what do you do for your A levels? I go, and you're not the right client for me. Thank you very much. See you later. <laughs> so I said yes to that role, and then again, I think I was just so excited and naive, and I was making it up as I went along, and I would throw myself at anything. Within that two month period of running that charity social media just through network in terms of being at events for that charity um I got a full set of social media management clients so then when that event job came around I was like ah I seem to quite enjoy social media and I seem all right at it let's do this yeah did that for nine months 17 years old traveling all the time like within the UK not at all glamorous but everyone else was like go you like this is amazing you're making great money like the business is just about now four years in making the same that it did in that first year so like, it was just madness, but I was, wow. I didn't know at the time, but I was just completely unhappy. Like I wasn't myself. I was just doing what I thought you needed to do to be successful. And it felt right. Uh, and then after nine months of doing that, just completely burnt out, took time out, was very depressed and then built this business from there. Yes. That's such a long story. I'm so sorry. No, I actually, kind of bore myself halfway through that. It's not that long. And I do think people enjoy hearing that because- I think no matter, everyone always has a different story and I think that's really cool. True. And so few people sit down and go, I want to launch a business. What should my business be? There we go. Like people do that and that's amazing. But nine times out of 10, the story is, I always had this idea and then I was made redundant and that made me do it. Or it happened, snowballed and then it became intentional. I just think that's cool. I've been made redundant. Have you? My very first job, yeah. Oh, what was it? Uh, I was working at a social media agency that did, like, healthcare social media. Um, But the work kind of dried up, and then I would sit at my desk and watch. Um, I mean, it was a great time in the way that I managed to, like, binge watch all the series of 90210 on, like, streaming websites for six months. However, not really professionally progressing was I so makes sense got made redundant was like oh this is this is weird like my first ever job I've got made redundant yeah isn't that something that's meant to happen to you when you're like 40 (laughs) and then I had a lovely long summer off then I got another job and then I very shortly after quit that to go and do my own thing well here you go it was the right decision for them and for you so it was yeah failure is never the end failure is never the end um okay so let's talk a little bit about social media when you started it like how did you know like you were like okay I seem good at it that's what you just said so like where did you start did you look things up or did you just kind of go with the flow and see like what was working what wasn't Mm. trying to think back it feels like such a 
different time, I guess, when that first started. Yeah, I didn't choose social media, so it was more that I fell into it and then realised, I think I'm okay at this, or at least I like telling a story, and I like the fact that when it's digital, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I'm so such true. a, like, to me, the most, my biggest value is autonomy. So I loved anything digital because there's no boundaries with it. You can do whatever you want. It's kind of limitless. Um, and the, I think in terms of then actually learning stuff, so in that first year, I did a lot of corporate training, which interestingly, I think, is what makes my business now a success is because ah. the digital marketing expertise is genuine theory. It's not just what I've seen or not just what I've figured out. As much as I've, you know, I've adapted it to be relevant for small business owners, yeah. actually the kind of foundations of what I teach is very theoretical and was a lot of what I learned in that first year just through doing kind of online courses on my own and the companies that I was working for putting me into different... Um, classes so I would say that was how I learnt but obviously that was in a very corporate do you know what's weird I've read books before that are about um, direct marketing via letters Mm. and I think it's a very old book but they're like premises of marketing that like the original kind of like theories that these people write about customer behaviour and like how Mm. to influence people they they're all they're original and they're the same now as they are before but it's just using things in slightly different ways yeah and kind of tweaking how it's done yeah because all marketing is however you do it you know in person digital you know traditional marketing it's a conversation that tracks the kind of psychological journey someone goes on from being a stranger of you to wanting your solution and I think for me when I saw marketing in that way of you know you offer a solution to a problem what's the problem let's understand their journey from problem to solution I was like ah this makes so much sense yeah and then when I kind of reformed the business and I knew that I wanted to work with small businesses I realized that almost there was a a gap in the market in terms of marketing where it just didn't feel like anyone spoke how do I say this it just felt like a lot of things were very blue sky and that frustrates me as someone who likes structure and likes a plan and just likes to know that they're doing the right thing I think I always struggle with the fact that you never quite knew if it was the right plan. I think also there's, there is a lot in this industry. There's a lot of like, not so much now because there's a lot of people like us who are kind of um, actually wanting to help people. But there's a lot of like cowboys and people who talk the talk but don't necessarily walk the walk. So just an example of this, one of my... Um, oldest clients I went and had a meeting with them and they were like oh someone's running our Twitter but what was actually happening was this marketing company they were paying had put their Twitter feed onto Google News Alerts for certain keywords that actually were generating tweets that weren't necessarily 100% relevant so there was stuff on there about like I don't know Nazis and like all this like weird Mm. negative news and they were like oh yeah they're running our Twitter for us I was like well do you, have you actually had a look at this? Do you, do you understand what's happening here? And they were like, oh no, I thought it was like, I, didn't, I just le- kind of left it up to them. Yeah. Um, Makes me so sad how, like, especially when I was first starting out and I was in social media management, even then, how many people have had their fingers burnt I in know. the space of marketing. And it doesn't make me sad because then, you know, I'm not speaking about that from the angle of, oh, because then it's harder for me to sell what I do. But just because I think it makes me sad when anyone makes an investment of hope or time or, you know, money, whatever it is, in something that isn't right. Yeah. 
So I guess when I came back to it, it was a case of like, there was something in that job that I liked. But I need to do it in a way that's a bit more sustainable. But yeah. And I just think with digital marketing, it's being, I've always had to get over the fact that I never feel like I know what I should know. Like I'm always taking courses. I'm always trying to learn the new thing in the new way. But I've had to get over the fact that I never feel like I know everything because every day there's something new. But also, I also think, that there is so much okay so for example yesterday I was on the train I was looking up or day before I was looking up 2020 marketing trends mm. I was reading this stuff and I was like I don't even understand what half of this means yeah and then I was like do you know what I don't think I actually need to understand what it means because let's be honest the type of businesses that I work with don't need to know this crazy in-depth data yeah stuff because they don't have the budget for it or they're not going to be able to use it in a way Mm. that actually works for them on a day-to-day basis um there is like there's way too much to learn but there's way too much to learn about everything there's like new things every day for whatever industry you're in isn't there yeah and I think for me that's why I like the fact that I teach from a place of theory because actually the thing that changes is just how I apply that and when you're on social media yourself and when you're working with clients one-to-one the application of that makes sense like like you said marketing you know it's evolved through the years but really the the foundations of it have always stayed the same and I like that yeah so yeah I like that too okay let's talk about social media for businesses because I love to kind of educate people on these podcasts and that is why you're here honey um so why should people be using social media to help their businesses grow I'm because I think people know that they should be half the people know why they should be and a lot of people are like oh I know I need to use it but I'm not actually sure what the end goal is here like I'm not mm. sure like why am I using it I'm a big believer in taking everything back to the question of is it meeting the end goal of what your business is like at the end of the day if your business exists you know it's different for everyone your business might exist to sell a service to sell a product to raise awareness of something to get people to take action like the first question shouldn't be why should I be using social media? It should be, is there a way of using social media that meets that goal? If there's not, and I'd be very surprised if there's not, then social <laughs> media like isn't, it's not a space for you to be on. Yeah. I don't get the conversation of be everywhere and do it. Yeah. I'm more about the conversation of what's actually going to meet the business's goals and then how do you use social media to get behind that? Because something that frustrates me about digital marketing is how easy it is to waste time and waste energy and waste resources and I think a lot of that comes from a place of not valuing that end goal and valuing things that come before that. Yeah. So thinking like, you know, success on social media, yes, you can indicate it by followers or by how many people know you or by engagement or by subscribers. But ultimately, if the goal of your business is something deeper than that, that thing actually isn't success. Yeah. So I would say before you go into anything or even once you've already got it, taking it back to that question, when you're figuring out like where to show up, the kind of people that you want to attract, the kind of messages you want to be portraying to always take it back to the business itself. Because digital marketing is just the voice of the business, right? Yeah. And for me, it makes sense, you know, as long as your business is capable of working outside of, you know, if you're in a town and your business is literally just... Oh, shit, sorry. You're fine. What's that telling you to do? Post on social media. Becky, you can keep that in, darling. (laughs) Get on it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like if you're in a small town... And your business can only um, serve the people in that town. Sure, social media might not be something that's right for you. But, you know, 98% of the time we have businesses that can be serving people outside of the spaces that we're in. And social media is an incredible tool for reaching that. 
yeah. and for expanding your reach and for speaking to more people and for having a bigger impact. I think that's why it excites me so much is because it's like there's billions of people sat there and there's, you know, hundreds Only of thousands or of millions that, within that that yeah. want what you have. Tapping into that is the most exciting thing. Yeah. Why is. not? I know. I always say to people that I think a lot of people get hung up on followers. Mm. Well, I'm just really, well, I've never really been into that, but like, especially in the past year or so I think people are kind of like over that whole following thing you can have you could have a hundred followers who are all buying from you yeah or you could have 10,000 followers none of which are buying from you Mm -hmm. or only a hundred are buying from you so what's the point having all those followers when you could have just had a kind of smaller community that actually put their faith in you yeah it's Um, vanity metrics right it is and I am one of those people that believes it's not about it's not about the number on your social media it's not about i mean you can look at analytics all day long you can get mm. so head deep in there but if that's if you're looking at your bank account and nothing's changing nothing's changing in terms of your income what's the point of doing it because at the end of the day we're running a business to yeah. sustain our own lives um and love what we do and enjoy what we do day to day but if you're not making money from it and you're I don't know, feeling sad about that fact or like, you know, Mm. you can't sustain your own personal life, then what's the point in doing it? Exactly. But then I'd caveat that by saying that digital marketing, in my opinion, when it's effective, does take time. It does. So there is that balance of, yes, the end metric is the most important thing to always take it back to. But I understand why we want to look for metrics which kind of indicate that you're working towards that because sometimes it can take months to get to a place where the two are linking up but I think that's where working with experts or outsourcing or just knowing what you should be doing is an important thing because it's so easy to do something for six months and just think I just need to keep doing it and if you're doing the wrong thing for six months it's not going to work you're not getting anywhere but you can be doing the right thing and it takes four months to begin coming round. and I think that's where knowing like which metrics actually indicate that that end thing is being worked towards is important to kind of keep you going it is and this is really interesting because what i'm going to title this episode is what should i be posting on social media because i think that's something that a lot of people struggle with and certainly people that i speak to Mm. even if i'm not working with them on their own social media people go oh how do you how do you you seem so confident on social media how do you think of all these things to post like I, i can't even i i go to post something and i can't even press the post button people get like anxiety about pressing the post button have you like experienced that from people before yeah definitely with clients and it's definitely something I used to experience I think for me digital marketing creating content you know knowing what to share is such a muscle I could talk about it all the time like it's a muscle you and I didn't wake up you know when we started our businesses talking on stories really confidently and knowing exactly what to share like I always say to people the reason why none of my feed is archived is so that if people want to they can go back and see the times where when you read it now you think flip that does not sound like her that is not what she talks about now how weird because I needed to kind of go through that awkward phase of not wanting to post not knowing what to say and no one responding to it to get to where I am now yeah so for me sure I will 100% validate any feelings that people have around social media yes it's scary yes it flags up a lot of feelings yes it can be difficult but if you wait for that feeling to go you're never going to start yeah and it's starting that makes those feelings shift because you begin to see evidence of like okay this is okay you know people aren't 
nasty and, and it is having builds. an impact the confidence builds as well a hundred percent i mean it, well, like you said earlier it, it takes time right and i it's funny because we were talking about this earlier mm. so i when when people first started talking on stories i was like oh i'd really love to do that but i think my friends might think it's a bit weird and i was like do you know what screw that mm. i'm gonna do it because actually my instagram is here for my business yeah laugh all you want but if i'm making money from this yeah who like who's the one that's actually laughing it's not like a i mean not in a negative way but i think you kind of sometimes have to get over that mindset of people like oh oh i'm talking on stories it's like well it's mm. my business and people have actually said that to me before like oh i've seen your stories i'm like cool and they're like oh i'm like yeah well it's my business isn't it so it kind of just like shuts it down straight away and they're like do you know what actually yeah good for you that's fair enough yeah and if anything I found because I transitioned my Instagram from personal to business and I actually wish I'd just start fresh because it was like pushing through all of that shit was just I don't think you need to do it um but in a way it was good because it reminded me yeah it reminds you why you're doing it and it proves to you that you care because at the end of the day if you take it back to the question of you know would I rather spend my time worrying about what other people think and never doing it or would I rather try and make that impact that I really want to make? I, you know, if you're a business owner, if you've got a shot at figuring it out, you're going to have to go for the other option of just pushing through. Yeah. And once you push through, it's never as awful as you think it's going to be. And you always kind of wish that you'd just done it sooner. Yeah. So it's such an annoying I mean, I don't answer, think, I don't, well, I don't think there's anything awful really about doing it, is there? I just, yeah. No, you, you just feel gotta... a bit embarrassed. You feel a bit awkward. Maybe no one replies when you ask a question yeah that's it like I, I didn't wake up one morning with as many people watching my stories or replying to things as they do now do you know what's also really cool is that when you can learn to talk about yourself online and I know a lot of people get social like social mm-hmm. anxiety going out into the real world and networking I mean we'll talk about that in a sec but when you post on social media you are like curating what you're saying and you know that what you're saying when you finally get to that point that you feel comfortable talking about your business and what you Mm -hmm. do and what you can offer people and how Mm -hmm. you can solve their problems you will then feel way more comfortable talking about that in real life when someone asks you and when I first started my business people would say what are you doing and I feel a bit like oh just doing a little something. Oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And people are like, oh, I know someone that needs that. And then you think, actually, like, I really need to learn to talk about this more coherently because mm. when I, you know, when I go out and tell people what I do, I'm such a people person. I love going out. I hate just sitting behind my screen. Um, I talk to people all day, every day. That's why I like sitting in coffee shops. Um, and, yeah, you never know who you're gonna know who you're gonna speak to that knows someone that needs what you're selling. Yeah. So once you get over that and you can post about it on social media and talk about what you're doing, I think it actually really helps build your confidence in the real world too. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I just think there's no negative there's with going no negative. for it. Pressing post and just trying. Also, you can always delete things. Yeah. And you will through flexing that muscle and growing that confidence and yeah you know the more you do it the more you understand what people want to see and the more you know the clearer you feel about what to talk about and then you get to a place where you don't even think about deleting and you don't even have that feeling when you go to post but I think it's knowing that the people that you look at where you go oh well they just woke up one day and that was easy for them like nah they went through the exact same process yeah and it's so interesting now to be the other side of it because I remember when I was first 
you know, that first year of business, I didn't market it at all. So then when I came to kind of start the business that I've got now, I was looking at, you know, people that I really looked up to online and just thinking, you know, I was inspired, but I also kind of thought, well, good for them, but that's never going to be true for me that, you know, my words feel that natural or it seems that cohesive. And then I think you you one day just get to a point and someone says that about you and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I haven't thought about deleting a post in six months. And yeah, I just know that what I'm sharing is right. Yeah. But that's such an annoying thing to say because it is time and repetition and just trying and I actually think you're really good on video. I was watching one of your videos, the one that you did in the car about... um, About money. Yeah. Mm. I was watching it. I was like, she's not even going, um. I was like, get this girl on TV. (laughs) I do say, um, when I'm I'm really trying to work on my language at the moment. I think I've got really lazy with my speaking. I say, um, a lot. Because I'm on client calls a good, probably about 20 hours a week, I'm on client calls. So I'm very, very intentional when I'm speaking then. I'm using my best language like I'm speaking like I do now and everything is really pronounced and I'm being very specific and then if I'm on my podcast or I'm just chatting to a friend I just get really really lazy and I've actually got that's fine though you've got an on and off switch yeah but it just annoys me sometimes because I'm like stop sounding like an idiot please do you also find that well this isn't really related at all but I also find that people I'm around my voice changes when it's like yep around people who have different accents yeah I think we've got quite similar voices in terms of accents so I feel like I'm sounding like myself right now but if you were say from Manchester or you're from Australia I would put weird twangs on my words or you'd pronounce words like differently yes going on a side tangent here but actually no weirdly though that is kind of related though because I always say on social media you should speak to your customers how they would expect yeah to be spoken to yeah interesting as well just to add to your point about that video to give people a point that no one's perfect that was video number three so I did one take of that fully edited it wasn't happy with it did a full another take of it fully edited it wasn't happy with it and that was the third time I'd recorded it so nothing's nothing's what you think it is well there you go well just to clarify with my videos when I say um I can't be bothered to re-record them so I just chat Shit. It is and then it is. I'm like if actually I've done it with I actually I did it with I did a I did a one year winging it kind of round up career business update and I must have recorded that about five or six times mm. because I'd said things about my personal life and I was like do you know what let's just cut that out yeah that's where I always have to re-record or re-edit is when I'm so happy talking about anything that's kind of business or factual and then the second it's my opinions on things or how I feel that's yeah, I'm worry about offending like, people. Why did I say that like that? Or well, it's a minefield. It is a minefield. This podcast is not sponsored, so I thought, what better way to help more businesses out than to shout out some amazing women doing amazing things? Since Leah was a teen, she suffered with her skin mentally and physically. She tried endless amounts of medication, creams and treatments and found nothing would work and her self-esteem was at an all-time low. She decided to change her lifestyle and to her amazement her skin improved so she started tracking what would affect it and discovered pointers that can help improve skin problems and tested it out on a few volunteers. They had amazing results which meant as far as she's aware it can work on everyone. Leah now has a few online programs, but also one-to-one coaching where she helps educate people on what they can change in their lifestyle to improve their skin and their future skin. 
Leah is so passionate about helping people with their skin because she's been through her own skin troubles and so many people are clueless about what to use and how to use it. So she provides that support for you. I really wanted to support Leah because I have had skin troubles in the past and I know how much it can affect your self-esteem and I spent years and years trying so many different products that were really not working for me at all and I think a lot of people think the price tag on products mean that they're going to help you and actually they don't so I love how she's cutting through the nonsense and actually helping people. Leah has very kindly offered to give a special discount to Wingy It listeners. She's offering 20% off any services that are not already discounted. You can check out her services on Instagram at theskincoach underscore or on her website www.theskincoach.org.uk. Where can people start on social media, in your opinion? Like if, if someone's going to launch a new product or they're mm. launching a business, when do people start talking about it? even if it's not launched yet. Oh my gosh, as soon as you can. Boom. I don't know whether you find this, but I always feel like digital marketing is the last thing people think of. And I don't get that. I find it with other people. But we were talking about this earlier mm. on your podcast, which is going to be out Already by out, the time yeah. this comes out. We were saying that we don't wait. We just go... It's like last week I was like, do you know what? I'm going to redo my website and I'm going to rebrand. Mm. Then I just put on social media. I was like, I'm going to rebrand. Does anyone want to see it? But yeah, just document the journey. Mm. I don't plan this stuff. I just literally do it. Yeah, I just think what's, again, it's that question, what are you losing in starting now? You know, if you're product-based and your product comes out in six months' time, what a flipping head start you can get on cultivating a community who are relevant for your product and building brand awareness and getting them excited for what's to come. You know, if you're service-based, great. If you're in, you know, if you've got a six-month NLP coaching course before you launch your coaching business take people along with you on that journey use the fact that your training is an opportunity to bring people in and tell your story and communicate why you're doing it I just think I also think with that sort of thing well especially with services before you launch I mean I'm my own worst enemy because if I want to launch something I literally do boom like that but I listened to a podcast that basically said if you're launching some sort of ebook on I don't know I always use this example, Pinterest. You should start talking about Pinterest. It, so particularly relevant for me, if I was to start giving loads of tips on Pinterest, then maybe you would think she's about to launch a Pinterest ebook. <laughs> so that's what I would do around my launches. Yeah. So I'd probably say, and again, launches is such a funny one. We have such a stigma around it and think that it's, you know, it needs to be so professional and different to everything that we already do. But really, if I don't me, buy, if I don't do this, someone's not going to buy. But actually, yeah, I just think launches are where you speak louder and you have a clearer message. So for me, when I'm launching, you know, the three to four weeks beforehand, everything is really subtly pointing towards that launch. And then when I'm in launch mode, I'm just only talking about that thing. And I'm doing it in a way that still feels interesting and exciting and relevant, all of that. Not too silly. No, yeah. but it's, it's intentional. That was a bit, of a, a, bit of a, a bit of a tangent on that one. I just have a lot to say about launches. just feel like they get a bad rep and people don't... You don't have to be selly. I think that's the thing people worry about. You literally don't mm. have to be selly. You just have to tell people why you're solving their problem yeah. or why they need whatever you're selling. Yeah. But in a way that's not like it comes in blue also. Mm -hmm. And it gets me fired up because I think I just... People spend so much time and energy and you know heart creating this stuff and then they completely do themselves a disservice by not launching it well 
Mm. Because they they put it out to the world and put one social media post out and think, okay, everyone that's bought, everyone that wanted it has now bought it. Off you go. No. And I say that because that's exactly my natural way of. It's everyone's natural way of launching because we get, you know, not imposter syndrome, but I think, you know, even as women, like we just feel like we're being too noisy and that no one cares. And we've been thinking about this thing for six months, so why would anyone else want to hear about it now? But I think it's flipping that on its head and being like, actually, to give all of, you know, to honor all of the work that you've put in launch it well and yeah. for me launching well just looks like telling people everything that's great about it and if you you know you'll you'll quickly realize whether you like the product or not or service because if you can't think of interesting ways to talk about it it's not a good fit but you should be able to talk about it in a way that's interesting because you can just tell the story yeah i also think there's many different angles that you can go for so many because there's always a solution to a problem but the problem might manifest itself in different ways for different people yeah you just speak speak to the problem and introduce the solution around that. I think it's exciting. So exciting. Yeah, there's like an interesting conversation for me because I've got the retreat launch in, I think, like six weeks' time. So even now I'm thinking, okay, how is my content really subtly laying the foundations for that and what would it look like just to give that its best shot? But yeah, I guess going back to your question because we've really taken this down <laughs> a, a tangent and a half. Um, yeah, where do you start? I think you start by starting whenever you have that thought. And for me, social media always starts with the brand and the business. Mm. I think it's it doesn't make sense to me when we kind of just jump to the assumption of I need to be on this platform or I should be everywhere or I should do X, Y, and Z. Like we've said, you can do and be everything, but not everything's going to be actually effective for you. And things might even be effective, but still not be worthwhile. Yeah. So there's that as well. So I always start with every client that I work with, whether they've been, you know, whether they've got 20,000 followers or they've not started yet, is taking it back to the foundations of kind of what voice are you speaking from? Like, what are your values? What's your mission? Who yeah, are you speaking to? I love to? a brainstorm. I love a brand I love identity. Doing like brainstorms on that. Yeah. What kind of words do we use? Like, who are who is my customer? Mm. What things you want to be associated with the way that, you run your business or how people feel about you yeah what do you want to be known for oh what's the personality of your it. business I think that's where it begins and you might be listening to this and thinking like boring like already know that but I can bet just that write it down every time you do that you refine it and you remind yourself of it because if you don't know that stuff you're giving yourself a really hard job of trying to show up online yeah without being connected to that and then I think it's taking yourself to the question of kind of okay from that you should have defined what's my message and who are my people you know your people are your ideal client or customer and then trying to figure out well what platforms are my people on and what platforms best suit that message and I think it's kind of the equilibrium point between those two to try and figure out where are going to be the best spaces because you probably can find yeah some success on every platform but that doesn't mean you should be on every platform mm. find the magic ones do you know what? for planners not that <laughs> not that we're planners as we've discussed um for people who like to plan from a brainstorm like that what I like to do is write down from that brainstorm mm. a list of topics for people who find it difficult to create content a list of topics that are interesting to that customer that they can then think of IGTVs or stories or posts or whatever it is that you're going to create newsletters content for your website blog posts all of that sort of stuff just so you know that everything links together yeah. it's not it's something that comes to me naturally but for other people obviously it may not come so naturally and that's if you're doing your marketing yourself obviously you're gonna to have to learn to do that yeah yeah I think it's that thing of 
taking it back to the journey from stranger to client and when you understand you know the start of that journey is their problem the middle of it is your solution and the end of it is them taking action think of your ideal client or customer at each of those stages you know what are they thinking what are they asking what do they want to know what are their pain points what roadblocks are they coming up against and then every single answer to one of those questions like you said that's a that's a piece of content yeah like if you know that your ideal customer has a real burning interest in a certain topic great there's 20 different things that you can talk about within that topic and then the brand identity of kind of your values and your mission and how you want to make people feel is the way that you do that yeah but i just think that's where everything starts but it's the hardest place to start because if you don't have a digital marketing brain, that is the most difficult thing to try and work through. Yeah. And even if you have a digital marketing brain, it's hard to work through on your own. Oh, You often 100%. need someone there who can look in on it, which I think is nine times out of 10 why people, like my job exists because people can't I see people, what's going on. I ask people feedback all the time. I mean, I know, I, know, I know what I'm doing, but I do like to get, you know, I might look at my new website and go, that looks insane (laughs) and then i show i'll show someone they'll go um before you launch this can you just let me have a look at the copy (laughs) i'm like i'll take all the help i can get yeah it's fine like you might think you know what people want but actually asking people is also a really great way of getting that feedback Mm. and i don't think being criticized is a bad thing at all and actually as a business owner you have to really learn to get over that criticism because if you can learn to take on board what it is that your ideal customers are saying that's negative then you can work out how to change things to make sure no you know to make sure that it's right yeah and if you've already got people following you who are somewhat relevant to your ideal client or customer ask them yeah it never makes sense to me when we're sat trying to brainstorm what people want to see or know and we don't just ask them because people want to feel a part of something yeah we talked about this in my podcast like people enjoy when they don't just feel like they're following and looking through a shop window, but it feels like they're in there and helping to create that shop window. So why not? Like, it, just think it kills two birds with one stone. Get yeah. people involved. I also think, well, I mean, loads of people did this at the end of last year, put a poll up or a question box up saying, what content do you want to see from me next year? Instead of doing that, I actually really, I really value the opinion of my longest standing clients, um, even if it's not, you know particularly relevant just as an example here i mean i don't have favorites but i just love these guys i work with a graffiti remover company and i can't deal i just i just love them i sent out this email last week and he called me up and went lucy i read your email i think maybe he thought it was directly to him that's how like old school they are and he was like let's talk about it when you come in and i'll give you some pointers so i was like thanks hon was what was like, the email about Oh, it was about, so I normally with my newsletters, I send out, Becky designs these like gorgeous, fancy things that I write. Um, And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to strip it back and write it Mm. continuously, MailChimp, logo, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Talk about whatever I'm talking about. And it was more of a, I think it was more of a, what kind of issues are you facing? Actually, that's related to what we're saying. It was like, what issues Mm. are you facing? Please email me back. I would love to know. Um, and that's not me putting it out on Instagram because I don't know, I've got 3,000, nearly 4,000 followers on my personal one, personal business one, and then 3,000 followers on Sassy one. 
that that's kind of shouting into the abyss I feel whereas with a mailing list people have actually chosen to give me their email address yeah the amount of responses I got to that versus if I put up a question box saying please give me your mm. feedback it's totally different mm. and I have clients signed up to that and they will actually give me their opinion or I can go out of my way to whatsapp them and say what are your thoughts on this yeah so I think sometimes you have to find slightly more personal channels ask your friends and family as well mm. I mean you don't always take into opinion your friends and family. <laughs> I've had a lot of opinions over the course of running a business that I'm like, okay, I really appreciate that, but I don't think it's quite right for me. But yeah. you see my point. There's so many ways you can get feedback that's mm. not um, just through social media. Yeah. Which one of can my, help you. One of my favorite things to get clients to do, to do myself, and it's my favorite because it's awful, is to give when you've just redesigned a website or just kind of you know created a website or you want to know how well your website's doing is to give someone your website on a laptop or a phone and just say to them go and watch them navigate because we we don't think about the way that other people interact with it we think about how we want them to and our ideal way of oh you go from that page to there and then you look at that and then you read that and then you see that but it's so uncomfortable and interesting to just say to someone can you just spend two minutes and just as you would if you just landed on this go through it because you notice okay it's actually how people are interacting with it and you i i hate doing it but it's so good i want to show you how i interacted with your website now (laughs) i'm such a nerd of ux i literally love it because well this Mm. is obviously what i do so you can i mean everyone can build their own website like i tell literally everyone that when they get in touch with me some people like i don't i don't know if i've got the budget for you to do it but here's what i'm thinking i'm like just so you know if you're technically savvy, you can do it yourself. Yeah. But the thing that I can help you it's with... It's the theory behind it. Is the theory behind it and, you know, where are your customers going to go? This whole, like, three-click theory works sometimes. It doesn't three clicks to buy, basically, on an e-commerce website mm-hmm. if you want to be driving sales. But then, I mean, that doesn't always work. It's just one of those things. I worked at an agency as an account exec whereby we were building massive websites for FTSE 100 companies and Mm. that's where I learned to do that Mm. Um, and I learned to test it for accessibility and all sorts of things there's various different bits and bobs that you may not have thought about on websites that yeah you wouldn't know anyone can build a website themselves it's it's the the way that business works these days but you know having having even if just a friend click through it could actually really help you so I totally agree yeah it's good stuff Good stuff. I'm loving it. I rarely get to sit and chat with other digital marketing people, so it's always my fave. Also, I love knowing how people like... I I just love hearing, like, how everyone does things differently. Yeah. There's no right way to do it. Oh, no, there's not. That's, like, the best and the worst thing. Sometimes I wish there was, but... Well, I think that's the other thing, isn't it? People do do get worried about social media, like, am I doing this right? It's like... I'm like, beats me. (laughs) The only thing I did want to ask you, because I I love doing this. Oh, my God, why am I getting so excited about this? Look at you. I'm I've like never seen you animated. smile so wide this whole morning. So the way that I love generating content, so actually mm-hmm. physical content, whether that's like a photo or a graphic or something, you might have a different perspective from me. But also I, obviously I've said I, t- I take people's problems and I'm like, okay, let's make a tip from this. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, that's actually not like a large tip that you, you know, you can just do it in five minutes mm-hmm. and done. The way that I design things like that or start to write uh, start to like create graphics or start to like write something because I love love Mm -hmm. going on Pinterest Mm -hmm. and I have this like obscene gallery of saved photos from Instagram and collections yeah mainly memes 
Love that. But also like other people's content. When I see a nice bit of content, I'm like, boom, save that. Yeah. I just, I love that. I'm not going to copy it, but I'm going to perhaps use it to develop something else in my own way. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for that? Gosh, I'm going to give such an annoying answer here because I'm so, I always talk about putting the blinkers on in terms of how I create. So I can't, like I don't listen to any other business podcasts. At the moment, I don't follow anyone on Instagram. Like I don't really read. You unfollowed everyone. Yeah. Oh, this is what you keep talking about. Yeah, I don't follow anyone. But yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think in terms of inspiration from other spaces. Honestly, for me, it all comes from what what are people wanting to see from me? Yeah. What do I want to share? Like, what messages do I want to put out there? And you know, what really excites me? And also, what am I needing to achieve in terms of launches or things that are going on? So it's so reactive, kind of like we talked about in my episode. Um, but it's very much an internal thing. Yeah. I I think I'm scared of looking at anything that isn't mine actually, and not is, then trusting where that's come from. Well, this is a good point, actually, because I think when I first started my sassy Instagram, I was like, going to do tips. That's what I'm going to do. And I don't want to be that annoying person that says at the time no one else was doing it because people probably were doing it, but just not that I'd seen. And it was like every other post I'd do a, a tip and a thing. And now lots of people seem to be doing that, which is fine because actually that's an easily digestible way of mm-hmm. sharing information. Mm-hmm. But I would spend a lot of time looking for pictures on Pinterest that I could use for X, Y, and Z and then trying to find content that fitted around that. And yeah. then I very quickly realized that that wasn't, kind of I wasn't sharing tips mm-hmm. from the stuff that I was I mean I was probably I was winging it because I was literally just like I need some I need a tip to post so I'm gonna like find out what's trending or whatever yeah but that was like shouting into the abyss because no one was listening because yeah, no yeah, yeah. Uh, how did I know if people were gonna have that problem mm. I didn't because I'd started out and I had like two clients so what what were their problems mm-hmm. and it takes a while to get there and it takes a while to develop and learn and understand yeah. what people need and those tools that you've talked about, I definitely did at the start to try and kind of get that ball rolling and just try and try lots of different ways of sharing and images and graphics. Sorry, just hit the mic. <laughs> Apologies to anyone um, to give that a go. But I guess now I've just got to a place where kind of like my brand identity in terms of what I share and how I share is so clear and so structured that I kind of just know now yeah. the rhythm that it's in. Yeah. Like, ev- like, this isn't narcissism this is because this is what works like every image is a picture of me and then every caption is just whatever I'm you know some kind of conversation starter (laughs) let's just talk about this (laughs) that feels relevant based off of what's going on I used to think that posting I I don't know I used to post loads of food pictures in fact actually guilty pleasure you go and scroll back through my feed because I used to have a food blog Mm. and literally every single picture is of food and I also realized that people love seeing a picture of the person behind the account. Yeah. And I'm like, I, sure, about 2% of me thinks, oh, this is a bit, you know, you go on my Instagram and think, gosh, she loves herself. But 98% of me thinks, oh, the more I post my face, the more money my business makes, I'm going to post my face. Yeah. Like, I can't even fathom choosing the other option for the sake of things looking a bit more balanced. Because everything that, you know, and the way that I share is very tunnel vision, but I share everything from my perspective and my experience. So it makes total sense that I line that up with me. Yeah, that's 
that is interesting i mean it's not right for everyone you've got to experiment what does what what kind of helps you and what doesn't Mm. it's kind of a good way of judging it but yeah yeah i guess that's an annoying answer isn't it because i feel like i've got to a place now where i don't i just i think i trust the structure that i'm in and my audience and kind of my instincts enough just to go for it but obviously when you're starting out it's not quite that easy okay so final questions what's one app you can run your business without and you can't say social media asana yeah i use asana for all of my client management so every client has a board that's where all of our conversations are everything to do with our sessions work together action steps notes everything is in asana game changing Uh, and then i use it i could live without it for personal use but then i use it with emily my team member uh to kind of project manage those we set kind of quarterly goals so we project manage those through asana as well and that's kind of where my weekly to-do list sits same so Why yeah asana is my favorite if i had if you let me pick a second it would be dubsado which is what i use for my client onboarding oh so contracts, yes invoicing payment reminders i i would be very very gutted to lose that too either or i i did think about setting up dubsado but what do you do at the moment just send everything out yourself how do you kind of create the contracts and invoices i can't you can't connect dubsado with zero so yeah you can because it goes through stripe and you can connect stripe with zero i don't always take payment by stripe though Ah. and i have international clients that have to pay by they don't want to pay by card i don't know sidetrack dubsado is great for me nitty gritty once it does everything i need it to do then you'll be perhaps um but also it's one of those things why not i don't charge people the same but people want different things yeah so the the price is not always i don't don't know do you invoice through zero then yeah uh fair enough that works (laughs) many ways you can do the same thing and that's the beauty of it yeah but not you know everyone's got their own way of doing things and that part of the fun it's part of the fun Okay, cool. Well, I love Asana too, so I think that's a great one. Mm-hmm. Can you share a piece of advice or an inspiring quote that you like to live by? Uh, it's such a boring one because it's definitely not like fluffy or very Instagrammy. But for me, I always take it back to the question of what what am I doing now that my future self is going to be grateful for? So if I can't get myself out of bed in the morning, like the other morning I had a 8 a.m. train and it was half five and I'd woken up before my alarm. And I thought, okay, I've got some options here. I had quite a lot of work that I hadn't done the night before. Um, and I was like, okay, I've got choices. And I remember I just asked myself that question of like, well, what would my future self be grateful for? And sometimes my future self is grateful that I've Stayed in had an app or that I've eaten the, the bad food or not gone to the gym. But nine times out of 10, my future self would be appreciative of that decision. So I try and frame everything through that mindset. So whether it's kind of pushing for an extra hour of work or doing something to a higher standard try and always take it back to that because you're only screwing over yourself by making stupid decisions so i love that I although sometimes you do need over. to stay in bed so this week i stayed in bed yesterday mm. cancelled everything well, i didn't actually have anything in the diary but i cancelled going to london and then last night had a had a bit of a shocker so i've just cancelled all the rest of my gym class for the rest of the week because i'm like i don't i can't be doing yeah and that yeah my body the- just does not need it right now I think that's why I like that question because it puts you in a place of autonomy of actually figuring out which is the better one rather than the cliche of this thing is always right and this thing is always wrong. Actually, 
it's different. Sometimes staying in bed is the better option. Yeah. I think I'm going to share one this week as well because I say this all the time. I always put it on my Instagram. I have a quote board and letterboard, but I have a letterboard in my room that says, you'll always end up where you need to be. Mm. And I keep telling myself that over the past two weeks, there's like things that have happened to me and I'm like, this is not like you you're not in control of this this Mm. is part of like a bigger plan this is always how things were going to pan out Mm -hmm. so don't think about them too much and just go with the flow yeah it's very true me let it be if it's meant to be it'll be it will with a lot of hard work (laughs) caveat let's not go down that wormhole (laughs) okay alice where can we find you and what are you promoting anything uh, Hit me up. When's it? When's this going out? A couple of in weeks. A few weeks. Uh, you can find me. I mean, my Instagram handle is not going to change in the next few weeks. That wasn't. That wasn't the question. Might change to AB Limited. True. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, my Instagram is Alice underscore Benham, and that's kind of my main hangout. And then, if you want to judge my website and give me some feedback to add to Lucy's list, sorry, I'm being like the honest to... douchebag. No, I honestly love it. Um, AliceBenham.co.uk, and then podcast, which Lucy was on a few weeks ago called starting the conversation and i don't know nothing is launching when this goes out but i will be just about to launch the retreat for september so keep your eyes peeled it's gonna be it's gonna be good hopefully cool thanks for having me thanks for coming on man I've had a lovely morning i know we really have haven't we apart from like we're hungry and all we could eat was frosties from the a weird cup. kitchen yeah but hey glass. it's the first time i've ever eaten frosties from a glass whilst recording a podcast what a special moment. I'm glad we shared it together. <laughs> means the world. As always, you can find me at Lucy Hitchcock underscore and at Sassy Digital for tips and tricks. And go and leave a review because if you don't, I'll probably stop doing these podcasts. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Heard it here first, folks. What a negative way to end it. No, I'm joking. I'm not. Obviously, I'm always here for you. Um, don't say that because... You might want to stop this at some point. Can you imagine? This is the last episode. Do you ever worry about that? Like, we, it's such a privilege that we've built things that people want, but now it kind of feels like a bit of a beast. And I'm like, what happens when I don't want to? You can't. Okay. But you, you just can't. Just can't. Well, I nearly had like a mental breakdown last year about business. And my parents were like, well, you can't quit now because look at your Instagram. I was like, damn you, mum. You're right. <laughs> I guess I'll have to carry on. And I have to carry on these podcasts too. Um, yeah, leave a review. And also, go and listen to Alice's podcast. Starting yeah, the conversation. It's been fun. And just listen to like the series in general and also go and leave a review for Alice because that would be a nice thing to do. Appreciate that. Boom. You do a much better job of promoting guests than I do, so I'm going to learn from you. Oosh. Thank you. All right. Cheers. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.